Good morning. Today is Thursday, May 20th, 2021. Yesterday, I made a mistake. No one died, but I was negligent in something and it caused another person some difficulty. Of course, I feel very badly about it. I apologized. I wish I could say that this is newsworthy, but it's not. I agree with Hugh Prather, who once wrote, I have the choice of being right or being human. So I have chosen to be human, but it does remind me about an insight of Rabbi Yitzchak Hutner. I've mentioned him to you before. He was a great scholar of the previous generation. And in a letter that he wrote, which has been widely circulated, he talked about the terrible fact that in some parts of the Jewish world, there are biographies written about great Jewish leaders that paint them as perfect. And you can read biographies of, I don't know, Rabbi Akiva and, and the Rambam and, and the Vilna Gon. They were perfect. At the age of three, they knew the entire Torah. They never wasted a moment in their lives. They had no temptation to sin. You can read biographies of the Chavetz Chaim, Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kagan of Radin, who is so associated with warning us about the details and the seriousness, never to speak Lashon Hara, negative speech about someone else. The Chavetz Chaim spoke Lashon Hara. He did from time to time. He worked on it and he worked on himself and he was extremely advanced but he was not perfect. He would never say about himself that he was perfect. And there are three problems with this kind of biography that is really hagiography, a biographical work that seeks to describe a person as just angelic a person. Number one, it's not true. And falsehood, even in the pursuit of a holy goal, is wrong and just by the way, I'm saying this obliquely, but I mean for this to refer in other contexts as well. Falsehood, even in the pursuit of a holy goal, is wrong. So that's number one. Number two, with those biographies that paint great leaders as perfect individuals, what they accomplish is we're not going to be able to learn from them. We're not going to be able to be inspired by them because <laughs> how am I supposed to relate to someone who's being portrayed as completely perfect? I'm not perfect. I just told you yesterday I made a mistake. You can't, you, you can't use those people as a role model. It takes away whatever possible pedagogic benefit there would be. And number three, 
the Torah teaches us that it is not the correct approach. There is a famous verse in the book of Mishle, Proverbs, written by Shlomo Amela, King Solomon. And the verse says, Ki shiva yipol tzadik v'kam. Now, the simple way to translate that is a righteous person, a tzaddik, a righteous person will fall seven times but get up. Meaning, a tzaddik, a righteous person, is a person who even if he or she falls, they will still get up. Okay, now that's an important lesson. Rabbi Yitzchak Levi of Berdichev, the Berdichev Rebbe, used to say, there are three things you can learn from watching a baby. When he cries, he calls his father. He is always busy. And when he falls, he gets up. Okay. Those are good and important traits that we should all learn. But the Baal Shem Tov and Reb Tzadok HaKon, great Hasidic masters, explain to us that that is not the correct interpretation or meaning of this line in Mishle. Rather what it means, Ki Sheva Yipol Tzadok V'Kam, seven times a righteous person will fall and because of the falling, he or she will rise. The elevation of this person is due to the falling. The challenges, the mistakes, the failures, that's how a person becomes righteous. In this week's Parsha, we are taught this lesson in a dramatic way. So this week's portion is the longest single Torah portion of the entire Torah. Yet the format of this Parsha is astounding because a large part of it, a majority of the entire portion is completely, exactly, precisely repetitive. Our Parsha records, among other incidents that take up the minority of the Parsha, but the majority of the Parsha records the dedication of the Mishkan, the sanctuary that the Jewish people built, and it was finished just under a year after leaving Egypt, and there was a ceremony to commemorate the dedication of it. And on each day of the dedication, one of the twelve Nesim, the, the princes, the leaders of each of the twelve tribes, brought gifts. Each Nasi, each leader, brought exactly the same gift. Exactly. Not a single difference between the twelve sets of gifts. And yet, each gift is identified by the name of the person that brought it, the day of the celebration they brought it, and the Torah records for each one of them, all 12, one after the other, 
every single detail of each of the gifts. It's like a long paragraph for each one of them that is repeated. It, you could you could do cut and paste 12 times. It's exactly what it is. The only thing you change is the name and the date. That's what makes this the longest Torah portion in the world, in, in the entire Torah. Why in the world is there so much attention to these gifts? Say what the gifts are. Say all 12 of these princes brought the same gift one day after the other. There are a number of answers to this. I have an answer that I plan to share with you tonight that is very different than what I'd like to share with you today. Today I want to share with you what Rashi says. Rashi says that earlier in the Torah, when the Torah was describing the building of the Mishkan, that happened chronologically a number of months earlier, Moshe sent out a call to everyone, please contribute. Bring your gold, your silver, your wool, your linen, all of the materials, your stones uh, of, uh, of, of uh, jewels. Bring all the materials and it was donated to build this Mishkan. Rashi says that the Nesim, the princes, they said, here's what we're going to do. Let the people bring what they're going to bring we will cover the shortfall. Whatever is missing, we will cover it. Now that's an amazing thing. If anybody would come to Adath for any project that we have and say, let everyone do what they're going to do, I'll cover the shortfall. I promise you, we would have a dinner in their honor, we would have a plaque in their honor, whatever they wanted, we would, that would be amazing. But the fact is, the people themselves, the Torah tells us, brought more than enough. And there was nothing left for the princes to donate. So they were left out. They were humiliated not to be able to participate in the building of the sanctuary of the Mishkan. So when the time came for the dedication, they did not wait to see what was necessary to furnish the Mishkan, to provide the supplies that will be necessary for the ongoing work of the Mishkan. They were the first. Now, I want to point out to you a distinction. It's a subtle distinction, but it's crucial. It's not just that the Nesim said, listen, now I have an opportunity to correct the mistake that I made earlier, so I'm going to correct the mistake. I made a mistake before. I waited till last. Now I'm going to be first. That's very nice to learn from a mistake, but that's ordinary. That's what an ordinary person is expected to do. Greatness excellence, being a leader, deserving of leadership, comes at the moment of the mistake, at the moment when I am let down, when I feel defeated, and at the moment that I am embarrassed and humiliated by my, state, by my mistake. That's the moment when I say to myself, 
This is not a mistake. This is not a defeat. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this experience to look for the opportunity in the future to be better. The mistake is going to make me better. It's the recognition that the moment of the mistake holds the promise of the growth and triumph. It's a different way of looking at the world. And when you do that, you will be a nussy. You will be a prince or a princess. It is not possible to avoid making mistakes in life. Leadership, greatness, excellence comes from being honest about when we make a mistake to rectify the mistake if we're able to but to look at the mistake as the opportunity to learn from and to grow from. And that's the reason that in our Torah portion, we should savor and appreciate every repetitious word, the same words repeated 12 times. We shouldn't feel bored. We shouldn't feel that it's a waste of our time, God forbid. Every word, every repetition of those 12 sets of gifts is a gift to us, in fact, about how to navigate life, about how to use everything that happens to us in order to grow. I feel fortunate to have made so many mistakes. And I promise I will continue to do so. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.